clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us on SST, on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, and on YouTube. Reminder, you can now watch Subway Sports Talk on Spotify. So if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, open up that app, check out our cute little faces so you can follow along and see us laugh and nod along as we say our picks. Because also, it's week nine, week eight. What week is it? It's week eight. Week eight NFL picks are here, and with me, as always, Pat Boyle, Cody O'Connor, and not Mark Shenlugan. Uh, reports are, sources are telling me that he didn't have any takes to say this week. He has no opinions on the Jets-Giants game specifically. He doesn't know what he's going to pick for his picks this week, and that's just reports. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm putting out the reports. But we have Pat Boyle, we have Cody O'Connor, Patty B. What's up, my brother? Pete, what's up, man? Yeah, no, surprise, surprise. Shen goes 0-3 and, and then ducks the smoke yet again. Unbelievable. 1-2 uh, for me last week, and I just got a big you know, big golf clap for Hoyer the Destroyer, the asshole that he is, throwing an interception. That game was – I took the under 37.5. I was so confident, so confident that Tyson, Bajan, Brian Hoyer under that it was going to hit 99,999 times out of a million that – I don't know if the math added up there – but it was what twenty-one to six or twenty-four to six with six minutes left, and Hoyer the destroyer throws a pick six, and then Aiden O'Connell jumps in there. He throws an interception, and then somehow the Raiders at thirty to six down get the ball back and decide now we want to score a touchdown, and they score with a minute left on the most meaningless drive ever. Um, and then of course the Chargers had so many opportunities to keep that game within two tuds, uh, within ten points, and could not do it. So. We're going 3-0 this week. Run it back. Run it back. That's the freaking energy that we want around these parts. And uh, I felt so hard for you with that freaking under because there was no reason it went over. No reason whatsoever it went over. That one stung me, and it wasn't even my pick. And uh, sometimes you got to throw out the record book, the Raiders. Sometimes you got to throw out the Raiders. Frick them. They blew it. That was terrible performance by them, and they still made you lose your bet. Cody O'Connor. Uh, I'm going to say your record now. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but it wasn't what happened. Cody, what happened to you, man? What happened? You were in first place. Oh, and three. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and three in a week that the public also took a shellacking and I'm out to prove that I am not the public. I went from a sharp to shit in one <laughs> quick week. Um, and look, you know, these were bad bets. We've talked about this. I, I bring that that bad bet versus bad beat. These were not bad beats. Mm. They were bad bets. Uh, I picked six games. I think I was one in five in the six with the parlays I put together. Look, I tweeted this. I'll say it again. There are no excuses. The teams I pick simply have to play better. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. And you know what? The Lions were probably the biggest. Well, actually, they weren't even the biggest disappointment of the week because uh, the Buffalo bills also existed and just did not get it done. Ruined parlays and survivor pools all across the board. I didn't have them in my actual picks, but I did have them attached to a few frisky parlays that I just threw on Sunday morning and uh, all of them lost because the bills couldn't get it done. Shen Lugan had a similar bout with the uh, Buffalo bills with them losing the game. He also had the Niners. So that one stunk. And the pick that we made fun of Shen Lugan for so hard, hard where he had, Seattle money line 
Mahomes plus 225 pass yards, Herbert plus 225 pass yards, Kelsey plus 40 receiving yards. How could it lose? It didn't. It was the only pick for him that hit last week when his money line parlays and teasers did not. Uh, but, you know, with that being said, I haven't spoke about my picks yet. And with that being said again, I have now taken on first place. So the target's on my chest. I'm ready for it. Cody's been wearing a target on his chest for about four or five weeks now. So it's not easy being on top. And right now the current record, 44, 39, and 1 combined. So we're still above 500 with a nice little margin there. Week 7 was our first combined losing week of the year. Um, but not by much. But it was the first combined losing week. And overall, I am at 13, 7, and 1. Cody is at 12 and 9. Pat at 10 and 11. And Mark Shanlugan, the duck smoker himself, 9 and 12. So that's what we got. And that means it's time to get to the, the, the duck smoker. smoker. Wait. <laughs> Wait, what does that even mean? Cody, what did I just say? I think Mark is uh, enjoying the early Thanksgiving feast in which turkey is not involved, and he's outside smoking a duck, mashed potatoes are getting ready, green bean casserole, maybe some sweet potato casserole. Ugh. I don't know what's going on, but the, do- the duck smoker. <laughs> what else do you say? I guess I meant the smoke ducker, but I think duck smoker is way better. That's so good. Oh, that's elite. All right. Anyways, I hope he's smoking a duck over there, and uh, we'll get on to our picks here for week eight. And uh, I will go first. I'm going to do it. This team has kind of betrayed me already this year because I have their future. They were one of my teams that I locked in, not just on their standard over-under, but their alternate over. Thought they were the best team in their division, and they've been the epitome of frustrating, the epitome of mediocrity, especially on the offensive side of the football. But nonetheless, here we go. New Orleans Saints minus one at the Indianapolis Colts. All the trends of the past couple weeks would make you want to say the Colts are the right play here. They are running the ball incredibly well. They are moving the ball with Jonathan Taylor back and with Zach Moss. It doesn't even matter. God damn it. Gardner Minshew ran for two touchdowns last week and put up all these fantasy points and points in general. They still lost that game. Their defense is gettable. They're still mistake prone. And the one thing that you can bet on is not the Indianapolis Colts run game. It is still the New Orleans Saints defense. The Saints defense here is by far the best unit in this game. And despite their shortcomings on offense and not being able to put up big time numbers this year, I think they're still the better team in this spot. And I don't care that they're going into Indianapolis. It plays to Derek Carr's favor to be inside. He's going to be inside in Indianapolis. Also, big thing here. We've been talking about the public finally coming down to earth. We'll continue to fade the public. It's the right way to go, in my opinion. 57% of the tickets are on the Saints. 73% of the cash is on the Saints. That's a huge spread of money coming in on the Saints. That's showing me the sharp side is the New Orleans Saints. The line opened at minus five in the Saints' favor. It's down to minus one. So that means all this action on the Colts came on throughout the week, and it's the perfect time to jump on the New Orleans Saints. They're the better team. They have the best unit in the game, which is their defense. They're going to be able to slow down the run game with Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor and just sneak this one out, and thankfully that spreads minus one, and they won't give me a push. I'll take the Saints minus one. It's my first pick. I'll go second. You know, let Mark smoke the ducks. We could smoke the doinks. Um, first pick. How you down? I'll put on my cape because I will be Captain Super Square here. I'm taking two favorites. 
in a parlay. And I'd love to know which one of these teams is going to blow this up. Let's go Cowboys money line for leg one. And let's go Chiefs minus two and a half for leg number two. That's minus 114 odds. Let's uh, start and end very quickly with the Chiefs. They've won 16 in a row against the Broncos. It is Russell Wilson. I don't care that it's in Denver. Let's be real. Let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. The Broncos are not keeping this game close. They're not winning. So Chiefs minus two and a half. I love that one. I'm not even going to blink. I'm not even going to think twice about it. Cowboys money line, right? Because you see six-point favorite. Ooh, Matt Stafford, Rams offense, Puka Nakua, Cooper Cobb, kind of frisky, right? Cowboys feel like they're, they're you know, always primed for a letdown spot. Uh, you know, anytime the Rams offensive line goes up against a good pass rush, it is a formula for disaster. Right, I saw it when they played the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night, and I thought Stafford was going to die. I thought he was going to get like split in half. You saw it again last week when they played the Steelers, especially as a game wears goes on, and you saw it against the Eagles too. The Rams' offensive line stinks, and the opposing team pass rush just starts teeing off on them so that by the time the third and fourth quarter comes, it's like a fucking goddamn festival on Matt Stafford. You know, who's, who's trying to take his guts out like he's a pinata? Um, so I think that's what the Cowboys pass rush is ultimately going to do against the, the Rams. And even if LA looks good in the first half and they, you know, they get some scripted drives going on, going early on and they put up, you know, like 10 points and they're up like 10, three or 10, seven, I'd be looking to live bet this one, Matt Stafford. I was reading some stats. He is one of the worst second half quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. He's three and 12 against the second half spread since the start of last season, last five years, he's 20 and 39 against the spread in the second half. So Cowboys live bet, good bet for this weekend for you. Also, Stafford has an underdog in his career, 29-72, and 72, and 1-7 and seven the last two years. Um, so this is a game, Cowboys coming off the bye. They've gotten a little healthier. I know they're still missing Van Der Esch. I know they're still missing Trayvon Diggs uh, for the year, but um, they're going to run the ball. And again, this comes down to the Cowboys are going to eat Stafford alive in that second half. And if you want one more reason as to why, I think ultimately the Cowboys win this game probably close right around the spread. If not, they cover it. Um, how about this? You're getting kicker breakdowns here as to a bet. They, they, they kicked, no pun intended, Brett Maher off the team. They got Lucas Haversick, who's going to be kicking for them. So don't be surprised, even in Jerry World, where you don't get a lot of wind, don't be surprised to see a missed field goal or two. They leave some points on the board. Cowboys money line, Chiefs minus two and a half. All right, good place to piggyback for pick number one because – like, I got to stick with what I've known, what I've seen. 0-3 is not going to throw me off or make me do things that are irrational or crazy. I'm sticking to what I know. Two legs, um, and I'm going to buy the Chiefs down to the money line. Real simple, Pat. You're right. It's it's Denver. It's Mahomes. It's Mahomes against the AFC West. I don't know the exact number, but it's something like 29-3 and straight up against the AFC West. The dude is just a dog. He owns them. Um, I've made my stance pretty clear on Russell Wilson. Um, and I just don't think that's a very good team. And, and the, the seven and a half is a little bit weird. So I'd much rather take the money line, but again, give me Mahomes. They are stepping on the necks of the AFC West. They just did it with the chargers. They're not taking their foot off the gas. They're going to do it again here with the Broncos and leave no shadow of a doubt that they are going to take that division and do it handedly. Um, leg number two, Kind of sticking again with like a preseason trend. I took the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, and I think this is a great spot for them to get a win. I don't have to have them win. I'm going to buy them up to eight and a half. 
Uh, Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol as we speak. I think he was limited at practice, so he could play, but they're also coming off a Monday night, so a little bit of a shorter week for them. Going to be a tough, quick turnaround. They probably go to Sam Darnold if it's not him. We haven't seen Sam Darnold since last year in Carolina. Yeah, he's going to be with this squad. Trent Williams is either banged up. I don't know if he's going to play just yet, but he wasn't there last week if he's playing. I don't know what type of capacity it is. Same thing with Debo Samuel. So the Niners are not quite the firing on all cylinders. All their dudes are healthy, San Francisco 49ers. So the Bengals in a spot that they really can't afford to keep losing. Um, They got a couple good wins. They're going into the bye. So they come off the bye. They get the extra time, especially for Joe Burrow to get healthy, especially for T. Higgins to get healthy. So buying them up to eight and a half, that spread went down to three and a half after the Purdy news came out. I'm buying it back up to eight and a half. I think if they lose, it's at least uh, most rather a one score game. But I think the Bengals could and I think they will win this game outright. I really believe that they're going to win this game in San Fran outright. Um, San Fran coming off the Monday night loss, too, against the Vikes. So Bengals plus eight and a half. Chiefs money line. That's minus 122. Pick number one, which is the one I'm most confident in, baby. Let's get it right. There we go. Uh, On to pick number two. I just want to preface this with uh, I did something that I don't normally do this week. Uh, where I actually placed a bet on Monday. And I know there's a lot of people who will talk about, you know, the beauty of beating the line, right? Trying to get the line that you like before it moves too much. And I actually did that on Monday. I put in a bet when the Baltimore Ravens were still eight and a half point favorites. The Detroit Lions were also eight and a half point favorites at the time. I put in the teaser, got them both under the three, and I went Ravens, uh, Lions, straight money line. It's pretty square, but it felt like a really good bet. Loving what I'm seeing out of the Baltimore Ravens. Unfortunately, though, that line has moved up to nine and a half. So a pivot had to be made on my side here because that is not a teaser that I want to play. I'm not going to buy all those points, get the Ravens down to plus, I'm sorry, minus three and a half. To me, it's just like if you can't get past that three there, it's it's really frustrating, right? And the, the Ravens have been that type of team who can stupidly keep a game too close, even kind of come up just at the last second on a game. Cardinals have been frisky enough. So it made me stay away. <clears throat> Excuse me. It made me stay away from that game, even though like the Ravens are so much better. It, it's so obvious that they're probably going to win this game big, but that go, that nine and a half point uh, just kind of scared me away. So I'm not going to utilize that. The lions, however, did go from eight and a half. They're actually seven and a half point favorites now against the Raiders at home on Monday night, huge comeback game, bounce back game for the Lions and Dan Campbell. They're a way better team. Uh, The Raiders defense has been a little frisky this year, and that's all good. That's all fine and dandy. The Lions are so much better. They're going to need to play balls to the wall on Monday to get this season kind of back on track. Now, especially with the Vikings kind of, you know, sneaking up on them a little bit. We thought it might be the Packers who were going to be the team to pressure the Lions at the top of the NFC North. The Vikings now with a couple big wins just beat the 49ers. They're feeling pretty frisky. Lions are going to be locked in this game on Monday night national TV. Dan Campbell seems like he's the type of coach to keep his team in a focused mentality. They're not going to get too high. They're not going to get too low. They're going to come out and they're going to beat the Raven, uh, the Raiders. So you get them down to minus one and a half and listen to me two weeks in a row, fellas, where's Mark Shen Lugan? His ears are about to start ringing. New York football giants from plus three. We're going to take them up to plus nine. We're putting the giants in the teaser the second week in a row. I love them last week. I had them in my teaser. I also bet them straight. I bet them money line against commanders. I don't bet on the giants very frequently. A lot of my friends who are giants fans know that I actually 
am more likely to bet against them than I am to bet on them because I don't trust them all the time. I don't like to bet on my own team. They're who I'm rooting for. I'm going to be rooting for them hard on Sunday. I'll be rooting for them even harder because of this bet right here. This is the type of game that's going to be disgusting. It's probably going to be a low-scoring game. Both of these offenses really struggle to move the ball. The Jets' defense is the best unit in the game. However, the Giants' defense has played a whole lot better. You've seen it two weeks in a row. This team just showing up, being physical, attacking the football, getting a little bit more of a pass rush uh, up front. The Giants are going to keep this one close. I do think the Jets are a little bit of a better team. I would lean towards taking the Giants plus three if I was going to play it straight, but I don't have to. Combine them with the Lions from seven and a half to one and a half. Giants from plus three to plus nine. This is a low scoring, ugly, boring, stupid game that's probably going to be decided by the turnover margin or something to that nature because both of these offenses can't score more than two touchdowns. So you get the Giants at plus nine, you feel really good about it. With an over-under, like 37, that's the over-under in this game. And you got nine points to play with on the spread because of the teaser. You feel wonderful. Giants plus nine, Lions, Lions minus one and a half. That's pick number two. All right, Pete. There was a lot of emotion in that one. I like it. Pick mm. number two mm. for me. It's the opposite of pick number one where I was Captain Super Square. I'm going to go two dogs. I'm going to buy a couple points on some doggies. So let's go with the team that has relished this game the last two years, the Washington Commanders. Let's get seven, six and a half, seven points on them. Get them up to 14 and a half. And I'm going to do the same thing with the Cardinals. I think they're nine and a half point dogs. We're just going to go five points on them, get them up to 14 and a half as well. So both of these teams to lose by two tuds or less. Commanders plus 14 and a half, Cardinals plus 14 and a half. That's minus 112 odds. You know, again, Washington went to overtime with Philly earlier this year uh, in Philly. Beat them last year in Philly. I believe that game was prime time. There were 13 point dogs. And I remember saying on this very podcast, Pete, that the Commanders we're going to cover and win the game outright. And I had Mark Shanlugian looking at me like, <laughs> yeah, how stupid did you look after that one, Mark? <laughs> so, again, look, you get the Eagles coming off a high, beating the Dolphins Sunday Night Football. You get the Commanders coming off a low, looking terrible. Sam Howell not being able to throw it in the wind at MetLife, not being able to run the ball. And you got, who is it, Jonathan Payne? Uh, Jonathan Allen, excuse me, Deron Payne. Jonathan Allen going nuts after that, dropping – Eight F-bombs in the span of 10 seconds. This team is going to be ready for this game. I promise you that. Whether they execute, we will see. We shall see. But they've executed against this Philadelphia team. For whatever reason, for all the things on paper that you would say the Eagles will just, you know, will will run them over. And as bad as the commander's front four has been at times this year, they are going to be up for this game. So I think motivation alone, the commanders bring close to their best game. I think they keep this within two touchdowns. And then Ravens, again, coming off the highest of the high, dominating the Lions 38-6. Cardinals, they've lost four straight by double digits every single game. I think I still think, and I said last week, I think on the pod, because I, I bet against the, you know, I took the Seahawks money line as one of my legs. And I said, it feels like we're going to start a stretch of the Cardinals getting blown out. We've been in that stretch kind of. And so I, I still think they got a little bit of frisk left in them. Whether Kyler Murray actually suits up on Sunday, I doubt it. Even if it's still Josh Dobbs again, he's been playing a pretty okay for the most part this year. Um, Zach Ertz going on IR definitely doesn't uh, help this team, but um, look, I just think, if nothing else, that the Ravens beating the Lions by 32 and then walking into the desert thinking, you know, I, I just I feel like they're going to take this team lightly. I really do. I really do. And again, one 
incredible MVP performance from Lamar Jackson is not going to throw me off the scent that they were not good against the Colts a couple weeks ago. They were terrible against the Steelers a couple weeks ago. This receiving core still cannot be trusted, in my opinion. Pete, I know you feel the same. And they really hung. They let Tennessee hang around in that game in London. A very conservative coaching mindset, very conservative coaching game from John Harbaugh. So I wouldn't be surprised you see a little bit of that stink kind of come out from Baltimore. Just enough to let the Commanders and the Cardinals keep it both within two tutties. Yep, uh, Pat, I was looking, staring, right, trying to make my picks, and, and Eagles' money line keeps popping out. But uh, Washington seems to always play them tough. Whether they're evenly matched or not, they always seem to play them tough. So I, I was spooked off taking them too many points, um, more because yeah. I think that Washington offensive line against the Eagles defensive line is a mismatch nightmare. But they always seem to play them tough, so I, I like the pick. Um, all right, pick number two. Wait. I'm going straight here. Straight bet. Money line. Love it. You're going to love it even more when you hear who it is, Pete, because it was our darlings last year. It was yours before then. It's the Minnesota Kennedys. They're back. Kirk Cousins, primetime victory last week. And I I don't love because I think the, the public starts to follow that primetime type of a trend. However, the Vikings, I, I think, I believe they're three and four right now, sitting at three and four. Um, and are not far off from being four and three, even better. So they are still a tough team. They're still a good team. I bet against them last week. I was obviously wrong about that. Um, and even without Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins was moving the ball with very much consistency. Jordan Addison was all over the field for them. He was finding him all early and often. TJ Hawkinson is a weapon for them. Um, and it's just really Kirk Cousins is actually playing really, really good football right now. And despite the fact that they're three and four, I'd argue the reason they have three wins at least is because of Kirk Cousins. And the defense is actually starting to come around a little bit. Um, They've got Brian Flores in that coaching staff, which kind of went over my head for a while until I realized that this defense is stepping up. Why is this defense stepping up? The Vikings never have a good defense. Well, they got a good defensive mind over there in Brian Flores, and they're playing a Packers team that I think next to nothing of. And I know you agree with me again there, Pete, because that was some of your preseason type of thoughts, right? Jordan Love is just – I don't think he's that guy. I didn't think it before the season started, um, and I really just don't think it now because they just went in and played Denver and had a chance to win that game and couldn't do it again. So I don't think very much of Green Bay. I think that Minnesota has a chance – to somewhat get it rolling and find themselves fighting, if not in that third playoff spot. We talked about it earlier in the week. It's at two to one. And I was half joking when I said, I might take this with you. I might actually take that. It, it's It seems like the type of team that if they can get a win or two without Justin Jefferson, when he comes back, they can really get it rolling um, and find themselves at nine and eight, which is probably going to be enough for the third playoff spot in the NFC. So, Vikings on the money line, it's minus 120 right now. It may move a little bit, so by the time you hear this, it may have shifted to past that minus 125 threshold. But uh, after going 0-3, I, I, I would love to just cheat a little bit and, and have that line move to like minus 140 and be like, nope, I already said it. So Vikings, money line, straight up minus 120, pick number two. Captain Kirk. I love it. And let me add some statistics for you there, Cody, because you talked about the Vikings defense. Take a guess where they're ranked in run defense from a yard per play perspective across the NFL right now. What do you think, Cody? Nine. 
They're top four wow. in the NFL. They're tied for the fourth best on a defensive standpoint. So they're giving up 3.6 yards per carry uh, on the ground right now as a defense. That's in line with the likes of the Eagles, the Titans, the Browns, and the Jaguars. Like those are the best defenses kind of in the league right now, include the Patriots. But they, no one's running the ball against the Patriots this year because you can just, you know, beat them up in other ways. Nonetheless, the Vikings run defense has been very good. Also, a big reason why the Green Bay Packers offense is sputtering right now is because they can't run the ball either. They have the 24th ranked run offense from a yards per play perspective. So strength against weakness, the Vikings strength of run defense versus the Green Bay struggle to run the ball. That's probably part of the reason why Jordan Love has struggled other than the fact that he's not a good quarterback. So two for one, the Vikings are better. The only reason why I was skeptical of that, and I'm going to ask you guys this question too, that line sketched me out. I know it's in Green Bay. I was expecting, I don't know if maybe it's my fault or my problem here. I was expecting the Vikings to be two and a half, three point favorites in this game. I saw the minus one. I saw the money line type uh, type of line here. And it kind of scared me off a little bit. And uh, I'm still sitting here buying time while I try to confirm my third pick here. But is that is that a line that sketches you out a little bit, Pat or Cody? Or is there a line to this week in week eight? That is sketching you out that you wanted to stay away from. I just I think the, the the bookmakers themselves aren't valuing that Minnesota win against San Francisco too highly, um, and I you know I think they're kind of setting the trap there. I think they're saying for a lot of people that saw that game say, "Wow, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, even without Jefferson, they're good now." Jordan Love kind of stinks. It's a divisional game. It's at Lambeau, right? I mean, it, as bad as the Packers' offense has been, this Packers' defense has been pretty solid. So. That's, I think, the, the the culmination, the combination of those things is why you only see this at a point and a half. I, I think there is still a public conception of Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, like a stink on them still from the way that last year went and ended, that maybe that's enough that the public is like, I'm fed up with them and I'm done with them. And even a primetime win against San Fran can't get them, you know, the extra point or two. But you're right. I mean, it's a division matchup against two teams that three and four, both of them. I know this is awful podcasting that I don't know the record of either of these teams off the top of my head, but Green Bay's two and um, four. something <laughs> like that. And they're a division match. Green Bay's two and four. Okay. So Green Bay two and four against three and four. Um, and gr- it's in Green Bay. So I don't think it should be much higher, right? Like, could you, sh- it shouldn't be like the Vikings getting the hook at three and a half, right? I think we could all agree on that. So one and a half, two and a half. Give me the money line. Give me Kirk Cousins. I think they're the better team, and that's kind of why I'm going with it. Yeah, I, and I get that too. And I, I talked about this when I took the Vikings a week or two ago. I think it was two weeks ago now when they got that first win, or not first win, but second win. Uh, they've lost nine fumbles in the first four weeks of the year. Nine fumbles. Like Kirk was playing really good football, and they were just giving it up over and over again and putting themselves in really bad spots. You take some of that turnover variance out, and they didn't turn it over nine, and they, you know, retained like four of those fumbles they might have one or two more wins like that's how big some of those fumbles were like their points expected if you go to like uh football reference their expected points contributed by offense is way higher than what they've actually output to this point so like if you if you sort by that number like the vikings are in the top 10-ish range on points expected yet they've been putting themselves in these terrible positions which is why i kind of like them right now but i, I don't i don't think i'm gonna do it i don't think i'm gonna do it I saw a line last week that really scared me, and it was that Browns game with them being minus three. 
And I was like, I want to take them so badly. And I'm just, I can't bring myself to do it. And look how that game played out. So this could be a dumb game. It could be another game where the, the Vikings fumble or Kirk finally throws some picks. Like he's only has five this year. He's playing pretty well. But Cody, I like the pick at my heart. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. So anyways, on to my final pick. I'm going to do something that I also don't like. I actually hate it. I hate this pick. Despise it. I'm going to do the same thing that I did last week. Didn't learn from my mistakes. Oh, you're pointing over, Cody? Is, that, is it a total? No, it's not. It's a straight bet. But I hate it because I hate myself every time I do this. But I'm doing it again. Jacksonville Jaguars, minus two and a half at the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just, I have to keep betting against the Steelers. They're not good. They don't move the ball well. They aren't stopping the ball well. And it takes superhero efforts from guys like TJ Watt and, uh, and Hay- Haywood is, is his name, right? The other D lineman that I, I'm like forgetting his name for a second right now. It takes superhero performances from TJ Watt and some of the other guys there for them to even be in games. They stole a game last week against the Rams. The Rams should have been uh, winning, running away with that game. I think that's a Rams problem as well. It's not a Jaguars problem. Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith. I was thinking of Haywood Highsmith, the basketball player, I think is why I got (laughs) Haywood on that note. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, since basically going to London, have absolutely been a monster. Since they lost to the Houston Texans in week three, they have dominated up and down every game so far that they've played. They won big against the Falcons. They beat the big win over the Bills in London. They dominated the Colts. They beat the Saints pretty handily as well. Now they go to the Steelers. The Jaguars will outgain them. They have the way better offense when it comes down to yards per play, efficiency, every metric that you want to look at. Their defense has been better than the Steelers by all the metrics you want to look at. They're a better freaking team. Now, the one thing that I was hoping for is that people see Tomlin, see the Steelers at home, and they see home dog, and they go, oh, blind bet the Steelers. I'm going to blind bet the Steelers. Right now, there is no spread on the money. It is dead even. 51% 51% of tickets, 51% of cash on the Jaguars. That means 49 and 49 on the Steelers. It is about as straight up bet. Public sharp doesn't matter. Probably means I should stay the freak away, but I can't do it. I can't keep watching the Steelers team be mediocre or actually just bad and get away with victories over and over and over again. It can't continue to happen. I'm betting on the better team. I'm betting on Jacksonville. I have all this money in them on the futures, on their over, their alt over, on their division. I think they're really freaking good. They're better on both sides of the ball. They're going to win this game by more than a field goal. Jacksonville Jaguars minus two and a half. That's my second pick. Real uh, quick. Third pick, sorry. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but that was the other one. When you said, is there a line that's fishy out here? That was the one because I think the Jags should be three and a half, and then that would really make a lot of people think which side they want to take. Two and a half makes me think that they want you to take the Jags. So that that was the other fishy one. And I think they're, you know, probably one of these two picks is going to lose, Pete, is my feeling. I agree. Between they, the two. They might both lose. I, I general, genuinely, like, I'd say that I don't like picks. And that's part of the reason why I like them sometimes, mm-hmm. right? This is a pick that I genuinely just don't like. And I'm making it anyway. So it might bite me in the ass. It's bit me in the ass before. It did it literally last week when I took the Rams against the Steelers and it, it, it sucked because you watch a team be better for three and a half quarters and the Steelers win. It makes no sense. It, it can't keep happening. They can't keep getting away with this. He can't keep getting away with this. All right. Final, us, Patty. final pick for me. Um, sorry. I just saw the, the bucks missed a field goal, which is nice. Um, 
Final pick for me. Let's break out the same game parlay, you know, because I see all these big time faves that are so appetizing, so mouthwatering, right? The Dolphins in a bounce back spot against the Patriots coming off the high of a win. Uh, You've got the Seahawks. Are they that big of a favorite? You got the Chargers who will probably charger that game somehow on Sunday night. I promise if it's Tyson Bajan, whoever's playing quarterback, I promise that will be a close game. It will be. Cody knows it. You go. You, everybody knows that's going to be a close game Agreed. with like eight minutes left to go. So give me a same game parlay. Give me the Lions minus two and a half. And let's take the under up to 50 and a half. Lions minus two and a half and under 50 and a half minus 105. You're saying, well, why is that, Pat? You got the Lions offense. They're so damn good, right? Yeah, but also their offensive lines banged up. Right, Frank Ragnow, their center, who's the not the anchor of that offensive line, but what they do a lot through. He's got something going on with his toe where it's basically been bothering him for like two years. He did. I don't think he practiced on Thursday. Same with the guard Jonah Jackson. I hope both those guys play, but that offensive line's a little banged up right now. Like, don't be don't be surprised. Even Monday night at home, if they struggle to move the football a little bit, and that's because. It feels like the Raiders don't have anybody on defense but Max Crosby, and yet somehow he does enough to to trouble the quarterback, and their defense hasn't been terrible. Now, look, they haven't played the world beaters uh, of offenses so far these last five weeks. Bears, Patriots, Packers, Chargers, Steelers. So really they've played like one good offense. But even then, their defense is right near the top in terms of pass yards allowed and just red zone efficiency. So I do think the Lions might struggle a little bit in the beginning of this game to score some points. But let's be honest. The Raiders, no matter who they're throwing out there at quarterback, if Jimmy G comes back, the walking skeleton that is Jimmy G, if it is Hoyer the Destroyer, or if it's Aiden O'Connell, you know what they say when you got three possible quarterbacks who might play against the Lions on Monday night? You know what they say? Throw out the record books! The Raiders! So, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. Their offense stinks. Uh, Devontae Adams is still crying every week. Uh, Monday night, prime time. Lions coming off a big beatdown. That crowd's going to be crazy. I think the defense is going to be ready to prove themselves. So that's why I'm going under. And again, the Raiders stink. So I think the Lions bounce back. Give me the uh, give me the, the pride. Minus two and a half and under 50 and a half. All right, Pat. You, you, you segued. Maybe that's it. Well, with me yet again here, um, because I got another two picks for you, and one of them is going to be the Detroit money line, and it's for the simple fact that Jared Goff in Detroit at home is a machine and a covering machine. But I don't need them to cover. I just need them to win this one outright. And we've done the throw out the record books, but what we haven't thrown out yet is the film tape, the game tape. And Dan Campbell is getting his shovel. He's burying that thing deep, and you'll never find it again somewhere along the lines of Jimmy Hoffa's body. It's gone. Forget about it. Forget about it. All right? So the Lions money line is pick number one. And this part I don't love as much, and I was racking my brain, like, what am I going to do? Was I going to buy the Jags through the zero? Was I going to buy the take the Eagles money line? Was I going to take the under of the Giants-Jets game? Because that's what I thought all week, but 36 and a half is just too damn low. What am I going to do? I'm going with the Seattle money line at home. The Cleveland Browns played a really tough game against the Colts, but a weirdly tough game against the Colts. Like, should it have been that tough? 
what happened to this defense that's supposed to be a historically good unit, giving up 38 points to the Indianapolis Colts led by Gardner Minshew? So there's something I just it's off with the Brownies. Deshaun Watson's not going to play. But you know what? It, it, that's not necessarily the reason because I am a pretty good fan of P.J. Walker. I think I mentioned the XFL legend last time, how I used to take him back in the day when the XFL was cool. It was never cool. I get that. I know. But for <laughs> me, it was. Um, but they also are without Jerome Ford. They're without Kareem Hunt. They have to travel across the country-ish. And uh, Seattle's just been playing really good ball and playing it on both sides. And they're, last week, I talked about how they were going to score points. That was my big thing, right? Obviously, uh, that under or that over didn't hit. It stayed well under, and I was wrong again. Um, but the thing I love about Seattle is they're just winning games in different ways. It doesn't just have to be Geno Smith. They did it last week without DK Metcalf. So it's been a little bit of the defense. And Pete Carroll just – they're clicking. They're clicking on all cylinders, and he's got these guys believing that they are a bona fide playoff team. And now they're sniffing, I think, the NFC West a little bit with the 49ers stumbling the last couple weeks. So um, I, I don't absolutely love it, but I do like it enough to pair with the Lions, who I do love on the money line. Um, and that is going to get me at minus 109. So Seattle money line, Detroit money line, minus 109, pick number three, need the bounce back. Need the bounce back. I was walking around hanging my head in shame last week. Mm. Put them in the books. Cody, I love it. I want to say this, too, with the Seahawks defense. They're a team that you're looking at in your fantasy lineup like, yeah, yeah, we're definitely picking up the Seahawks defense this week. They're turning all people over. Witherspoon's a monster. They're getting some pressure. And this Browns offense has been turning the ball over at a crazy rate, right? So you really can't trust the Browns. And the Seahawks are a more trustworthy team, despite the Browns' power ranking being better because of the defense. Let me just add this because I've realized I forgot to mention this with my second pick, my teaser. Lions minus one and a half, Giants plus nine. That is minus 120, standard teaser. And I forgot to mention one of my big points on why I like this bet so much. The Jets are the favorite, minus three, as they should be. They also have 57% of the tickets. However, that means the Giants have 43% of the tickets, 71% of the cash on the New York Giants. So the sharp bettors might be telling us something about the Giants this week, keeping this one close and covering that number. So I love it. I love it. Mark Shen Lugan's picks will be live on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok via the graphic. So if you're not following along on social media, follow us at Subway Sports Talk. We'll get his picks up for the weekend. Uh, we missed you tonight, Mark. Wanted to hear you talk some schmack about the Giants and the Jets game and et cetera. But instead, we got just me and Cody sitting here feeling comfortable. Feeling like we got a chance to win another ball game out here. Season's right, live. Cody? Season's yeah. live. Can we get a little prediction on Jets Giants? Can we just get a quickie from each of you? 17-13. Gee! Man. Patty B. Zach Wilson turns back into a pumpkin. 20 to 16 Giants. Wow. You're all on the Giants. Well, I uh, I where oh, else yeah. was I gonna go? Absolutely. Uh, I think Giants win by three. I think it's a, a three point game. I don't even want to predict the score because like there's going to be a safety. There's going to be a pick six. There's going to be a missed extra point. It's going to be dumb. I just know it. It's going to be dumb. It's going to be a beautiful day on Sunday in the Northeast. Can't wait to to hang out and watch the game with my pals on Sunday. Probably hate ourselves for Jets fans and Giants fans alike. Giants by three. I'll just say for argument's sake, let's go with a dumb score. 19 to 16 Giants. There you go. Nice and dumb for you. That's what it's going to be. 
That's all we got. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review on the podcast app. You can watch on Spotify. You can watch on YouTube. Drop a comment. Drop it. Drop your pick. Drop your locks. Because I got to also say this. Can I say this really quick? All these picks podcasts, all these people talking gambling out here on all these podcasts across the country, media across the country, so few people put their records where their name is. And what do we do here on Subway Sports Talk? We own our 3 and O's. We own our 0 and 3s. We own our winning record on the season and we'll own it if it becomes a losing record. I just don't think it will. But what you can expect from us right here on Subway Sports Talk is transparency, accountability, and you best believe that all four of us are putting our own dollars on these picks. That's what we do. It may be a $10 unit, who's to say? But the money's going where the mouth is and we're standing by these picks all year long. You don't have to think, oh yeah, how's how's Cody doing this year? Is, is he doing, do I tail him? Has he sucked? Has he been good? You know exactly how we're doing. We're tracking all these picks and we're freaking honest about it. That's what I got to say. Subway Sports Talk, thank you, gentlemen, as always. We'll talk to you all soon. Talk to you next week. Hoop season is back as well. We'll talk some basketball. Talk more football, obviously. Great time to be alive. Great time to be a sports fan. Subway Sports Talk, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers.